Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard, but it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Guys, I'm back. I am back after taking a couple of months and I'm back with the same habits as I used to have, procrastinating on the solo episodes and recording them at 5 a.m. in the morning. So if my voice sounds a little sleepy, that is why. Now, even though I didn't completely step away, I did slow down the summer and into September. And I have to tell you, it was needed. Now, I went back and forth about whether I should take a break from the podcast or not. Honestly, you can ask Brett, my podcast manager and right hand. I could not decide. One day I wanted one thing, the next day I wanted another thing, and I was probably the most annoying person to work for. But by the way, if you're super indecisive and constantly changing your mind about something, It's a really good indication that it is time to take a break and step away from whatever it is that you're stuck on. So yeah, I needed a break. I wanted a break. And I always said that when I started this platform that I wanted to be able to take a break in the summer and then at Christmas, but for some reason I have got up in the hustle or caught up in the hustle and the shoulds and the need to be consistent with episodes and all at the expense of my own mental health and family life. And here's the thing, guys, it is just so crazy how much of what we think really, really matters actually doesn't. It did not matter that I took a couple months off the podcast. Everything is fine. And it's just interesting how we often prioritize everyone else and all the things that we should be doing over ourselves. Even when we think we're super aware of all this pressure, it can still happen. This self-imposed need to hustle, it's just bullshit and it has to stop. So yeah, breaks are important, needed, necessary, life-giving, and I have learned just how important they are. So yeah, not only did I take the summer off, as you may or may not have noticed, last minute I took September off from the podcast as well to regroup get the business organized and to get ahead. And that one of the big things that I'm trying to avoid in life is the feeling of rush. I'm sure you can relate. I just hate feeling rushed and like I'm behind and like I can't get ahead. And it's how I often feel. 
I'm just like the queen of spinning my tires and it's energy sucking because when I feel super rushed, I start to spin my tires and become less productive. So it's just become a priority moving forward to avoid this feeling at all costs. So yeah, I am back. That is a bunch of information you didn't ask for, but the moral of the story is that I'm feeling organized-ish, grounded, and ready to bring you some hell of a good episodes to wrap up these last few months of 2021. Seriously, we have some killer guests lined up. So today is going to be a little update on life. I'm going to give you the lowdown on what we've got going on at home. And then I asked you guys some questions on my Instagram account that I'm going to answer to. Sidebar, if you are not following on Instagram, come on over at Jamie Scrimger. We also have a podcast account at Kickass Stepmom Podcast. I just love connecting over there. It's just such a great way to get to know you because, you know, the podcast is amazing, but we don't get to connect two ways, right? It's just me talking to you and I love to hear, hear what you guys have to say. So come on over, say hi. Uh, I can't wait to chat. Now, initially I asked these questions at the end of August. So some of them may be a little dated and back to school focused. So then to keep it relevant and fresh, I've asked for some updated questions. So we're just going to add all of them to the list. Love me a good Q and a let's do this. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I love smoothies. And the kids love smoothies too. Here's the thing though. Sometimes smoothies are an event to whip up. And even though I love when the kids make their own, there's often a huge mess. I'm guilty. There are times when the kids ask for a smoothie and we are like rushing out of the house. And I'm like, no, we just don't have time. But no freaking more. Guys, Aviv Nutrition is my new go-to for breakfast and after-school smoothies for the kids and for me too. And you can even put them in their school lunches. So here is the deal with Aviv. They are three-step blender-free smoothies. They're delicious, plant-based, with high-quality ingredients, organic fruits and vegetables, superfoods, a plant-based protein in each smoothie, no sugar added, no artificial flavors or preservatives, certified organic, the list goes on. The smoothies come in frozen wheels, so you just run them underwater for a few seconds, pop the cubes into a bottle or a mason jar, cover with your favorite liquid, we use almond milk, and let them melt for 20 minutes and just shake it up. Or if you wanna have them right now, just use it at home and use the blender. If you head to avivnutrition.com, you can use my code STEPMOM30 for 30% off your first order. You just have to pick between 12, 24, and a 36 product box. Pick the smoothies you want, pick your desired delivery frequency, and that's it. Your commitment-free online smoothie subscription ensures that you are never scrambling for a healthy breakfast or an after-school snack for the kids. And hey, Aviv is also available in more than 3,000 grocery stores across Canada and the U.S., so it's so easy to get your hands on them. You're going to love them. The kids are going to love them. And here's a tip. If you use less liquid, you can make a delicious smoothie bowl, top it with fruit and all kinds of good stuff. Reese is literally obsessed with this. AvivNutrition.com. Use the code STEPMOM30 for 30% off. This episode is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine. Guys, Stepmom Magazine is probably one of the only Stepmom resources that I check out on a regular basis. It is an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things Stepmom life. If you've been through it, Stepmom Magazine has covered it. The articles inside Stepmom Magazine are written by a hand-selected team of experts. Contributors are licensed therapists and published authors and step family professionals who just get it. 
Stepma Magazine also has eBooks that you can download if you're struggling with a particular issue, such as disengaging or dealing with the ex or having an R's baby and more. It is a super cost-effective way to get support and most importantly, reassurance that you're not alone. It is such a great feeling when you get the monthly email letting you know that the monthly edition is ready. The articles are always so timely. To subscribe, head to www.stepmamagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 to save 20%. Again, that's www.stepmamagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 for 20% off. Alrighty, so life update. I was talking to my girlfriend the other day and she said it seems like life is on fast forward and I could not agree more. My stepdaughter went to university this year. Yeah, she's in freaking university. I can't even believe it. My husband moved her in to residence on Labor Day weekend. And it's just so crazy to think that she's at that stage of life already. Like she's only 45 minutes away and she'll be home lots and we've already seen her. We're going to take her out for dinner tonight. But the move just hit me. And honestly, there were some unexpected tears on my end. I did not expect to take it this hard but it just doesn't seem like that long ago that I was meeting her for the first time. And she was this nine-year-old in a pink daddy's little girl t-shirt and purple plaid shorts. And she had her long brown hair and was just the cutest little thing. And I, I remember the first time she said she wanted to drive with me somewhere instead of going with her dad. And then we started doing girls shopping nights and having our inside jokes. And ugh, I just love the way she loves her little sister. And I just miss her a lot more than I expected to, because normally I'm pretty you know, straight and realistic about things. But here's the thing. People always ask me about what it's like to have a teenage stepdaughter. Well, yeah, teenage, she just turned 19. And most assume that there's a lot of attitude and resentment and issues and teenage girls are known to be more difficult, but that has never been the case for us. She is such a kind, generous, hardworking, independent, helpful person. And I'm just super proud of who she's growing up to be And, you know, Reese, our daughter, uh, she's really struggled with the move. She's very close with her sister and spends a lot of time with her when she's here. And it's been a really big change for her. And there's been a lot of tears. Like she has really, really struggled. And the vibe of our week with my stepkids has definitely shifted. So there's that. Then my stepsons. So one is in their final year of high school. Crazy. And the other is in grade nine. Crazier. And I was just looking through pictures the other day from a few years ago, and I just cannot believe how fast this happened. So we, as you probably know, have a week on week off schedule, and we've had that basically since they were really, really young. But now it just feels so different. Before, when the kids were here, there was just a lot of running around for sports and activities and helping them with homework, and the kids would be downstairs wrestling, and there'd be noise, and it's just a busy household. And now the kids just really do their own thing. The older two can drive, one's moved out, they want to be with their friends, the house is definitely less chaotic, and truthfully, our weeks on don't feel much different than our weeks off, with the exception of laundry and dishes, but yeah, it's just such a shift. And people always ask me if it gets easier when they get older, and I definitely think that it has, but I do attribute that to the change in perspective that we've had and our ability to deal with the extra stress. I don't worry about the small stuff like I used to. There are a lot of things that still happen that I could really get my panties in a bunch about, but I've learned to just let things go and play the long game and take my ego out of it. And I'm pretty sure that's the key. 
Anyway, we're all back to school. I'm excited to be back into the groove, back into routine. Uh, It's super nice to have everyone out of the house during the day. I have the house to myself again. And I've realized just how much I thrive off the silence and the alone time. And, you know, as much as it was nice to have everyone home during COVID, it's, it's just nicer to have everyone back where they go. All right. So let's dive into some of the questions submitted on Instagram. I asked on stories if people have any questions about life and business and step parenting, and I got a lot of questions. So I'm going to divide them up into different episodes. This one is all about life right now, and there's also going to be a business one and then probably like a stepmom related one as well. So stay tuned for the others if you submitted questions. All right, first question, who does all of your stepkids back to school shopping? You or the kid's mom? So we do years ago, there just seemed to be conflict over who was doing what and who should be doing what and whose turn it was to do what it was just ridiculous. So I suggested to my husband that we put a list in the new agreement because we were rejigging the agreement at that time. So there's a list of who is responsible for what and back to school shopping is on our list. It's just so nice because you just know who's going to do what, who is responsible for what, and just takes the guessing and the shoulds out of it. At what age should a kid start waking up on their own? I think this depends on you and your parenting style and your morning routine and your kids and so many different things. I do think it's just a hard one to answer, and I'm sure there's an expert opinion on when they should be able to take on that responsibility themselves. I'm kind of a wing it parent, so I don't really care. We've really never had to wake my stepdaughter up. She's always up on her own. And that was just her personality. I think at age 10, she was starting to wake up on her own. And I would say the boys started setting their own alarms when they were in grade seven or eight, but there's so many times when we have to go in and make sure they're up because they're both extremely heavy sleepers. In fact, one of my stepson's bedrooms is right beside my office. And in the morning I'll be in my office working And I can hear his alarm go off and it will go off for 10 minutes before he even moves. And I literally have to go in and be like, dude, your alarm is going off. Like, can you not hear it? And that still happens to this day. He is just out. He is a heavy sleeper. His dad is the same. So I think it really just depends. I am going to make the assumption here that someone is answering or asking this question because it's become an issue in their home. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. If you are in a situation where your partner still wakes up your stepkids and you think they need to be more responsible and independent, my recommendation is to let it go. Let it go. Let them do whatever they feel is right. Doesn't really matter. If you can't get on the same page about it, it's probably not worth the turmoil. Actually, I know it's not worth the turmoil. It's it's definitely not. It's definitely not worth starting your day annoyed because that's not a good way to start your day. Okay. So this one is from Michaela. What are your recent stressors and what has been going especially well? So this question was asked at the end of summer and I am feeling so much different than I was when I was asked it, but I'm going to share anyways, because I think it's important. At the end of the summer, I was so tired. Now we have a really busy summer going back and forth from the cottage and I love it. And I'm extremely blessed to have a place like that to go to, but man, it's just a lot of back and forth. And I was craving home and simplicity And if I'm being completely honest, I would prefer to be more settled and have less hustle bustle in the summer. I just grew up hanging out at home. We had a pool in the backyard and we would just chill. 
And my husband is a go, go, go person. Like he wants to be doing something every weekend. He's always like, what's next? What do you want to do? And I am the opposite. For example, I remember our first trip down South, we were sitting on the beach reading, having a pina colada. I was like, just so jacked to be there. And he looks at me and he's like, so what do you want to do? And I look at him, I'm like, well, I'm doing it. He's like, what do you mean? Let's go do something. I said, I am doing something. I'm reading a book and I'm drinking a pina colada and that is my game plan for the next seven days. So we're just, he's always off doing activities. I just want to chill. So I was exhausted at the end of the summer and I was just ready to just chill. When I am too busy, my anxiety flares up. So this September, my focus has been to just say no and to regroup. And when this question was asked, I was just feeling really depleted This year, we've had a lot of really exciting things happen. We've also had a lot of stress and uncertainty and pain and worry. I've gone into it a little bit in the membership, but there's just a lot going on behind the scenes that I can't fully share. And emotionally, that's just taken a toll. So I think it was just a combination. Second thing, I'm just in the process of changing out how I run this platform to get more space in my life. If you follow along on Instagram, you know I've been talking about this pretty openly. I love this platform. I love everything that it stands for. But it just has become a lot and I'm figuring out what's next and getting the right people in place to help me make it happen so that I can still show up, still support this community, still connect with all of you, do what I love without being in the hustle bustle of running the actual platform because there's just a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes. I also just really want to be more present for Reese and for my family and yeah, like I just see how much or how fast time goes. And I don't want to miss it because I'm working so much. Now that's easier said than done. Finding the right people and letting go of control is challenging because you want people with experience. You want people who know the space and hiring is freaking hard, but I know it's necessary and what's best for my family and my mental health and what I want for my life. So stressor number two, that's been a lot. Number three, I have also been doing a lot of personal development and growth And the work that I've been doing has involved going back to my childhood and really looking into the wounding and how my insecurities and blocks started from the way I was parented and the message I've always been told about myself and how I feel about myself. And the more I dig into that, the more I understand my triggers and how I act and show up as an adult. Sounds kind of corny because a lot of people think like in order, you you don't need to look back, just move forward and, and just get over it and focus on the present. But I do know that in order to fully show up and fully process through everything you've been through and to be your best self, you need to go back and figure out all of that stuff. So I have shed a lot of tears lately in the process and I've been working through a lot of those blocks and it's fucking hard. It is heart wrenching. It is a lot. And you may be like, first of all, I don't really know what you're talking about, Jamie. Second of all, why are you doing something that makes you feel upset and that's triggering you? But it's part of the process that I'm committed to doing. And I've talked a lot about it before, but personal growth isn't always just like gratitude lists and smart goals and just, you know, setting your attentions for the day and, you know, reading a fluffy book. It's diving into the hard stuff and being real and asking yourself the right questions and having uncomfortable conversations with yourself and dissecting your childhood. And it is uncomfortable as fuck. It's also really freeing. And I've been just diving into that (laughs) lately. So 
that's what's going on on the stress front right now. Sorry, that was a pretty loaded answer, but you want to know what's going on lately. So what's going well? There's a lot of good actually that's come from all of that stress. So I think all the things that are stressing me out are also all the things that are going really well right now. I'm getting more organized and systems in place. I feel good about it. I feel more clear about what I'm going through and the processing things. There are pros and cons to every situation. And I know once we get out of this phase of life, things are going to be really good. All right. So what's your favorite way to feel like you're getting back into routine? Well, that's what September has been all about for me and probably most of you. So first of all, it's like the standard stuff, like cleaning up, making sure everything has a place. I've been going through and purging stuff we don't need. If you're in my membership, you would have read the digital magazine article that I put out about just my mission to declutter my life right now. I'm like going through closets, organizing drawers, donating, selling, and getting our space ready. Just have a nice cozy winter. I'm super focused on the vibe of my home right now. Like that is my goal every day is to have our home be the safe, comforting place where everyone feels at ease. Like I want everyone to just feel comfort when they walk in the door. So in getting back into routine, I'm also taking a really close look at the things that are on our to-do list and asking ourselves if there's anything that can go. There are so many things that we feel like we should be doing because that's what other people want for us or that's what other people expect from us. And that's just clutter especially if it doesn't feel aligned with where we are at. So clutter isn't just physical stuff, it's mental stuff too. So that's really part of my getting back into routine is assessing all of that clutter. And I was talking to my cousin the other day about relationships and I just said, I am done with the obligatory relationships or things again that I just should be doing. I I won't do anything because I feel like I quote unquote have to. And I know I've said this so many times, but my energy is a limited resource. So if I spend energy on something, on a conversation, on a social event, it's energy that I'm taking away from something else. So the older I get, I'm just more selective in that. So basically when I'm getting back into routine, I'm doing an audit on my life and it's, it's feeling really, really good. By the way, in the membership for the rest of 2021, I am sharing what I'm doing in my decluttering process in our online magazine. So again, decluttering isn't something that you can simply do on a weekend. It is a daily commitment and something that I'm super passionate about right now. So my commitment to decluttering and getting into routine isn't just for September. It's for the rest of 2021 and beyond. It's really just about setting up these systems and these mindsets for a life that feels really, really good. Alrighty, next question. How are you feeling about life right now? Again, super hopeful, positive. We've got a lot going on. There's a lot of stress actually in the co-parenting business, personal. There's a lot of stuff, but it's just not getting to me. Like I have this undying faith that whatever happens, we will get through. And I've never felt like that before. I've never had this sense of peace in my life. And it's really interesting and really freeing to feel like this. As I said above, I'm diving into a lot of personal work that I know will benefit everyone in this family in the long run. And I just have finally surrendered to the bullshit and it feels really good. My perspective is this. Everyone has lessons that they need to learn in life. I'm on my own journey, learning the lessons that I need to learn. And other people in my life are on their own journey, figuring out their own shit It is not my responsibility to help them learn their lessons, nor can I allow their lessons or the residue, or I don't even know the word, just just the extra stress that comes from their inability to learn their lessons impact me. 
I'm just over here focusing on my own shit. So, uh, it feels really good. Okay. I'm going to interrupt this episode super quickly because I want to give you an update on everything going down in the exclusive stepmom community right now. So this membership is my private community for stepmoms where you get next level conversations, support, content and interviews that I don't share anywhere else. For example, we just uploaded an unfiltered episode sharing the lessons we've learned from a three-year legal battle. It is probably one of the best episodes yet with some hard truths and perspectives for anyone dealing with the court system. Always fun times. Other interviews and episodes include conversations with blended family estate planners, sex and relationship experts, conversations on setting boundaries, dealing with the X, dealing with the high conflict X. And I recently recorded an episode on why it's important to give empathy and grace to a high conflict X. Yes, you heard me. That one will change the game. Anyway, you can now access these interviews on your Apple podcast app, which is so huge and so much more convenient. Guys, there's just so many benefits to joining this community. Check it out. www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. And here's the thing about the membership. People think it's going to be expensive, but it's not. You can join for like 26 cents a day. And when you join, if you have a question you'd like me to answer, come find me in the ask Jamie section of our private chat room. I provide individualized support and advice in that space several times throughout the week. I can't wait to connect with you there. Okay. How do you balance it all? Guys, I don't, there is always something that has to give and I have to decide what it is. I think the key to quote unquote doing it all is to say that you're not going to do it all. I ask for help. I get a sitter for Reese. I ask family. She was in camp this year during the summer when we were home so that I could get things done. If we were home and I had a busy day, I did not feel guilty about arranging something for her. I have a house cleaner. Her name is Kim. And my girlfriend has referred to her as the best wife and best husband wrapped up in one. She just does so much for us. Not just clean, she helps with some jobs when we need them done. She will do some errands, help keep the house organized. She will go to the cottage and help do stuff there. Like she's probably the glue that keeps this household together. Here's the thing. Some people don't like talking about the help that they have, but I think it's important to be real and honest about it. We are really big on the whole delegate to elevate mentality. And in doing that, we ask for help and we outsource things. And I just want to share this story from when Darren and I first got together and we first were married and we had Reese and things were really tight. Like he had just got divorced. We had just paid for a wedding. I was on maternity leave and it was just, yeah, tight money wise. And we were going through and figuring out where we could cut back. And it was just such a stressful time. And I suggested that I clean the house myself. I said, we could save on that expense weekly. And he said, absolutely not. And it wasn't that he didn't have faith in my ability to clean but he probably did not have faith in that ability to clean, but that wasn't the reason. It was that I started writing my blog. And at that time I was thinking about how I could turn it into a business. And he said, you want to have that time to work on your business, not clean the house. That's an investment into the future. I didn't fully understand it at the time, but those four hours a week that I would have spent cleaning were spent on my business. And that is 200, I think I did this math right. If I didn't, I'm a blogger, not a mathematician. I think that's like 208 hours in a year. 208 hours in a year that I got to spend working on growing this platform instead of cleaning the house. So it's just a different perspective and a different way to look at things. 
our big questions when delegating and outsourcing and asking for help is what is your time worth? And just because you can do it yourself doesn't mean that you should. And it doesn't have to be about paying someone either. You can swap jobs with friends, ask for help from friends and family. Just don't be afraid to ask for help and know that you can't and shouldn't be expected to do it all. I also know for me that I'm either on my mom wife game or on my work game. Like I've given up on the idea of having that perfectly balanced day. It's a lot of pressure. So when I have deadlines or are super slammed, there's a really good chance that we're going to have a simple dinner or, or getting pizza. When my family needs extra love, chances are those emails aren't getting responded to, or I'm not going to do as many coaching calls, or I'm going to take a break from the podcast. The key is to realize you cannot do it all. So you need to decide what's the best use of your time and what's the priority at that moment. And that's always shifting. How is life with the teens and ex lately? If you're like me, things have gotten so much easier. Yeah. Like I've really surrendered to any co-parenting conflict. I've distanced myself from it. I'm really just focusing on supporting my husband behind the scenes and the kids are just really good right now. We found our groove as they've gotten older. I'm here when they need me. I don't push anything. I think with teenagers, it's just really important to take your cues from them and not take things personally. So I don't do any of the heavy disciplining, but I will give my two cents on things. For example, the other day I had an opinion on something with my stepson and I basically said to him like, look, uh, you're going to do what you're going to do. Like you're, you're getting older. Uh, but here's some things that you may want to consider from a big picture perspective and how this could potentially affect your life, et cetera, et cetera. So I like to empower them, give them pep talks and just be super solution focused with any issues that come up. So if they've made a decision that has consequences, I'm like, okay, it happened. What's next? How do we address this? What's the lesson here? How can we move forward? So that's really my parenting style. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be my parenting style with Reese as well. Something that has really helped me um, is something that Allison Schaefer said during her interview in the membership. So Allison Schaefer is one of Canada's top parenting experts and family therapists. And man, she has really changed so many people's perspectives and provided so many game-changing tips and strategies for parenting. I just can't say enough great things about her. But she has said that kids who are disrespectful often feel disrespected. So think about that for a second. Like, Take your ego out of it and think about it. It really hit home for me. So I try to look at things from their perspective, make sure they feel heard, like their opinion matters, and know that they are supported no matter what even when it's really difficult and that's changed the game. What kind of things do your stepkids come to you for as opposed to their dad? So this really depends on the kid. My youngest stepson usually comes to me or asks me for most things. He was five when I came. So we just had more of that type of relationship. My middle stepson will usually ask his dad for permission on things. I'm normally out of the loop when it comes to what's going on with him until Darren updates me. Again, he's just 17 now. And my stepdaughter is a little bit of both. We have a family group chat that we try to use to stay up to date on what's going on with all the kids. But there are so many times when I'm like, what? I didn't know that. Cause my forget husband just forgets to update me. He doesn't think it's that important or he just moves on to the next thing. This used to bother me because I would feel like, you know, it's about my role as a stepmom or not being important or why do I not have a say or why am I not involved in these decisions when really like the attention wasn't to leave me out or to minimize my role or that I'm not important. They just forgot. Like they just asked one parent over the other. I think as stepmoms, it's really important to question ourselves when we feel triggered about those things. Is it that you don't have a say or that your opinion doesn't matter? 
or is that it's triggering some wounds you have about your insecurities as a stepmom? It's not always the case, but it's important to kind of, you know, check in with yourself. You didn't ask for that piece of advice, but I gave it to you because it's, it's a game changer. Now, when it comes to things they need, shoes, clothing, stuff for the house, that's on me. I have always taken care of that kind of stuff. So if they need something ordered, want groceries, need a ride when dad isn't home, that's my role and I don't mind it. How do you explain to Reese that there are things that she can't have even though her siblings are allowed to at their mom's house? So we don't run into this a lot because of their age difference. She doesn't know any different, um, but there are definitely things that they are allowed that she isn't. For example, like pop, or they can go to the store and get candy or whatever. I just kind of like whatever about that. I definitely say no more for you, Reese, and she gets it and she respects it. We're just really open about the fact that they have another mom and another home and we are her parents and her siblings have another parent. So different parents have different rules about things and that's just that. If you are struggling with this and looking for some more information, I do have an interview in the membership with Kate Chapman of This Life in Progress. So she and her partner have children from previous marriages who are similar ages and they have different expectations and rules and values from each home. So they parent their kids completely different. And they have some really good strategies on how to handle these differences with their kids. So if it's something you struggle with, I highly recommend checking it out. Do you feel like the end is coming as the kids get closer to college? Yeah, I do. I have realized how fast time goes. And that's so much of what we worry about doesn't actually matter. And I know I say this all the time. I'm probably like a broken record on this, but seriously, so many things that Darren and I used to argue about or worry about when I joined this crew seem ridiculous now. I know from experience that there's always going to be something like even with my parents' divorce, it's been years. Like they divorced when I was in the second grade, but there's still issues with holidays or who's going to spend what holiday with who and weddings and college drop-offs and paying for college. Like I know these issues will evolve and there always will be some sort of something to deal with. But if you think about it, my youngest stepson is in grade nine. Like he could be off to school or whatever he chooses in four to five years. And those years go quick. So yeah, I do feel like the end is coming. How do you know when to step up and when to step back in teenage years? You got to take your cues from the kids and you got to take your ego out of it. I hear a lot of stepmoms say, I've been in their life for however many years. I have been their parent. I deserve this role. And that mentality just doesn't work. Teenagers are far more forgiving of their real parents, quote unquote, than step parents. So I recommend bringing it back to the vibe of your household and taking your cues from them. They will tell you how involved they want to be or they want you to be. You do not want to live in a home that's full of tension. It's not healthy for anyone. So do not get into the pissing matches. When it comes to my role with my stepkids, I ask myself two questions. Is my involvement helping or making matters worse? Is it worth the turmoil or stress it's causing me? Like, is it affecting my ability to show up as my best for this family and for myself? Disengaging doesn't need to be an all or nothing thing. It's not like, these are not my kids, not my problems. Screw you guys. You don't respect me and all that I've done for you. I'm out. I don't think that's a healthy way to disengage at all. It's case by case, day by day, month by month. It's ever evolving. And those questions will guide you. So I'm going to say it again. When you are trying to decide whether you should be involved or not, ask yourself, is my involvement helping or making matters worse? Is it affecting my ability to show up for myself and for my family? Like, is it depleting you? 
do you try and take time to do things with just you and your husband? We try. It's very hard right now, but we are trying and we are getting better. For example, yesterday he came home from work and we had lunch together or we get a babysitter to go out for dinner. We did that the other day, but obviously COVID really threw a wrench into all that alone time. And we're trying to get back into our groove and realizing that we need to be creative and it's getting harder and harder to find that alone time for some reason. Um, especially because I go to bed early and he stays up late, but we are making an effort and I've learned that you really do need to make an effort. Like that needs to be something that you put on your to-do list, like find time alone, find time to connect. Like you have to be very deliberate about your marriage. Teaching the kids to drive, thoughts on buying a car. So we've helped both kids with cars. Um, They saved, but we've helped with the majority. Growing up, our parents helped both of us with a car. It's very privileged. Um, We are very lucky. We're grateful for it. Um, And we're just grateful that we have the ability to do that for the kids. It gives the kids freedom. It has helped with the back and forth with their moms. We don't need to drive them back and forth from work or do the transitions. It's honestly like freaking freedom. So we do help the kids with the cars and it benefits us just as much as it benefits them. How is co-parenting a kid in college? Does it get easier? Well, we don't really co-parent to be quite honest. And we really have no communication about her either. Like she's 18. She does her thing. Well, she's 19 now. She does her thing. For the last couple of years, I think we'd be more considered parallel parenting. Like when your kid goes to college, they're kind of on their own, right? Like you're there to help them, but there's not a lot of parenting that takes place. More mentoring, I guess. How do you stand your ground and set boundaries without coming across as selfish? Okay. I think it's all in the delivery. So set boundaries out of love, love for yourself, love for the people who matter most, not out of spite. Either way though, people will most likely have an issue with the boundaries if they affect them. But if you do it with love and know it's for your best interest and it will ultimately benefit everyone around you because they get a better, less resentful version of you, you're doing it for the right reason. So if you haven't already, I really recommend listening to the episode I did with Terry Cole, author of the boundary boss. We talk about boundaries, high-functioning codependency, and she really walks you through how to set those boundaries. Get yourself her book. She's coming into the membership to do a workshop in the next little while. She's the boundary expert, hence the name Boundary Boss. I will say this is one of the best books I've ever read, and it's a must-read for stepmoms. I will link it uh, in the show notes. If you haven't read it, order it. What is one thing that people think they know, but is the furthest thing from who you are? Hmm. I think that some people think I'm a bitch, (laughs) but I'm not. I just have resting bitch face and I'm actually really shy in social situations. I don't love walking into an area with a bunch of people. Small talk gives me butterflies in my stomach and I really prefer to be by myself or with people who I know. Uh, I, I just get a little bit of social anxiety So yeah, I do think people don't know that about me and it maybe comes across as bitchy, but I'm just a little more introverted than people think. I also asked Britt this question too, because I wanted to see what her perspective was. And she says that people think I'm organized, but I'm not, which is true. Uh, People do think I'm organized, but I'm not. And I'm definitely working on it, but really not my thing. Is your stepdaughter's schedule the same now that she's in college? I don't know, actually. Her schedule is that she's at school and she's 18. So I don't know how that's going to play out. She's been doing her own thing all summer too, because she worked up at our cottage 
Um, she's good at balancing relationships with both parents. And these we have to remember they're people, not a timeshare, right? Especially when they're 18 or when they're getting older, like they kind of get to choose where they spend their time. And we respect that. Next question. How is the relationship with the ex? Guys, this is the number one question that I get. Uh, and I actually don't have an active relationship. I took myself out of that. I would say just under a year ago, it was causing me stress and unnecessary anxiety. And that was tough for me because I always really wanted to have a certain type of co-parenting relationship. And I always wanted to be the type of person that would have that open communication and the co-parenting and and all of that kind of stuff. But that just wasn't in the cards for us. It just wasn't working. But I think it's important to remember that sometimes the healthiest relationship is no relationship at all. How often does your house communicate with their mom? Not often. Um, It's just really on a need to know basis. Like the kids are older, they're very self-sufficient. We have a very detailed agreement about who's responsible for what. And, you know, my stepson is going to be 18 this school year. My stepdaughter just turned 19. Yeah, like I said above, the end is near. All right, last question. How do you break up college expenses in your step family? This is something that we are working on right now, I'm working on figuring out. And I highly recommend that if possible, you figure this out before the first tuition check is due. It will take some stress out of it. All right. That's it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I am so happy to be back. If you haven't already head to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. This helps the show more than I can tell you. It helps us get kick-ass guests. It helps us continue to create. It helps the show grow. And yeah, if you know someone who would benefit from the show, be sure to share it with them. All right. Love you guys so much. Chat with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys know the drill. If this resonated, share it with someone who you think will love it too. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you're craving more stepmom content, want to connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world and get access to exclusive content with all my favorite experts, be sure to check out the exclusive stepmom community, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Members also get access to my online magazine and can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms. www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash membership. Love you guys. We'll chat with you next week.